0: On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, broadcaster Jamie Campbell joins us to talk about calling fans, autographed cards, and how working in Edmonton reignited his love for the game. Welcome to episode 85 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's not just sports fans trying to grapple in this world without games to watch. The broadcasters who bring us those games also have some unexpected time on their hands. They're not spending hours at the ballpark or arena for the games, practices, or media scrums. They also don't get to have that guaranteed daily connection with their fans. Sportsnet's Jamie Campbell is one of those, but he's found a way to bridge that gap, making a simple request on Twitter. Back on March 17th, he said, quote, It's a scary time, but older people may feel particularly isolated and alone. If your parents or grandparents are Blue Jays fans and you think their spirits would be raised by a phone call, send me a direct message with their name, number, and best time to call. And that tweet set off an immediate barrage of responses that Campbell is still getting through, one call at a time. He took some time this week to chat with us about that, as well as his love of baseball autographs and collectibles. We also got into his time working in Edmonton, where he admitted covering the Trappers helped rekindle his passion for baseball, and he shared a little-known story about a young man he met by the name of Mike Soroka and a certain Blue Jays autograph session in Calgary where the future Braves ace wasn't there to get anything signed. Jamie, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Great to
1: speak with you, Joe.
0: Let's start off with this initiative that you've undertaken by phoning fans. Take us back to the beginning on this one and what exactly got it all started?
1: Well, I think what really got it started was uh, a remembrance by me of every time I've been in a public place and someone's come up to me and said that their mother or father or grandmother or grandfather was a huge fan. And my instant reaction so often was, well, if you've got a phone, let's give them a call. And many times I'd stand there with complete strangers on the phone with complete strangers, their grandparents or their parents, and derive so much joy out of the conversation. And I know it was well received on the other end as well. And it became a bit of a habit for me. So back on the, I think, 16th of March, I was sort of mindlessly riding my bike around Toronto, trying to figure out ways of extending to the audience in some way without just posting content on social media. Because I find, as you may have found as well, Joe, that you know a simple tweet is, is wonderful, but it's also a real one-way form of communication where you're sending out material, but you're not exactly engaging people. And, you know, I came up with this idea based on my past experiences of just straight phoning people and went out that day, got myself a new phone, a new number, just so I could continue to keep my other line personal and private and sent out a message on Twitter saying, hey, I'm available to call your parents or grandparents. And a lot of that is based on the fact that, one, our audience is made up extensively of people in their um, later years Mm -hmm. because they're retired, um, they've grown up with the game, they've followed the Blue Jays since their inception, and it's such a reliable thing for them to turn on the radio or turn on the TV every night. The game is almost like their best friend. And these are the most vulnerable people at this time, and I figured they're the most likely to want to speak with somebody new and somebody they may actually know based on their television experiences. So, um, it's been tremendous. I first posted the idea on Twitter on the 17th of March and the, the response on that day was so great that I still, to this day have not been able to return every phone call that was requested on the 17th of March alone. So I, as I like to, to tell my friends, I haven't yet graduated to March 18th in terms of requests. So um seems like a bit of a daunting task, but at this point we've got time on our hands, and I, I basically intend to get to everybody who's reached out to me.
0: Were you surprised at that initial influx of people <laughs> messaging and asking for that phone call?
1: Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, I... um I don't know. I guess conservatively, I figured maybe 150 people or 200. Uh, but like I said, I still have not been able to reach out. And I'm averaging about 20 to 25 calls a day. I still haven't covered the 17th of March requests alone. And, you know, I, I, it picked up a little bit of media interest. So every now and then I drop into – um Uh, A radio interview or a newspaper article or a podcast like yours and once it gets publicized there are routinely additional requests coming through Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so the uh the list is getting exceptionally long i've enlisted buck martinez who was very gracious in reaching out to me and offering to help and uh uh, the two of us are, are are going to try to get to everybody
0: What's it meant to you to be able to provide a little bit of light for some people who might not have that connection that they're normally used to having?
1: Well, I can summarize it all with one phone call that I made today, in fact, to a lady in Simcoe, Ontario, who has um, um, lost her husband a few years ago, has been living alone for many years now, and as of about a year ago has such health issues that she's had to go on oxygen and told me that in a calendar year, she has not left her apartment. And the most that she's been outside is to walk out onto her balcony in an entire year. Mm -hmm. So this goes well beyond the isolation that's required of all of us due to the pandemic. This is going on for her for 12 months now due to personal health issues. And the fact that her uh, immediate family doesn't live in the area. She's got a daughter in California and another daughter who lives, um, I think, closer to Toronto. And Simcoe is about a a one-and-a-half-hour drive from downtown Toronto. So when I got off the phone with her, I could tell she was in near tears. We had this really nice conversation. She's on oxygen, so she has trouble breathing. But it was very clear to me that getting to turn on a baseball game every day of the summer is like a lifeline for her. And because it's not possible right now, uh, it's almost like a reliable friend has been taken away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, she got very, very emotional. And in fact, I, I certainly felt the sadness in her voice. And as such, I have since reached out to her daughter and basically asked if I can if I can just check in on this lady periodically. She's in her early 90s. Just so there's a friendly voice calling every now and then just to see how she's doing. So I'll continue to do that. And that's basically in one phone call summarized, um, you know, how important it is for us to connect with each other these days uh, and of less importance how much baseball is missed. Mm-hmm.
0: that's got to be a a cool aspect to this as well is that it's not just about baseball. I'm sure that might have been maybe at the initial thought process of, hey, maybe we can connect and talk a little bit about, you know, what Vladdy's going to do when we all get going again or whatever the case may be. But this has sort of evolved into something of its own monster, I suppose.
1: Yeah, baseball is just the icebreaker. Baseball is, hey, this is who's calling. Yes, I know who you are. Yes, I watch you on TV when the Blue Jays are playing. Um, yes, you're welcome into my home and therefore welcome to phone me. And it almost immediately after that jumps into, how's your family? Um, Tell me about your daughters, your granddaughters, your grandsons, your sons. Where do you live? What's going on in your town or your city? Um, Rarely do we get into extensive conversations about baseball. I have in in certain conversations, gotten deep into the game. In fact, I was on the line um, just the other day with a gentleman in Slave Lake, Alberta, who has a uh, batting cage. His, both his sons played competitively. In fact, um, one of his sons played very recently for the University of Alberta. And our conversation about baseball was extensive, but it, it rarely gets to that point with most people.
0: It sounds like a lot of these conversations can get, I'll call it heavy, And I wonder, from your standpoint, do you find yourself having to maybe take a step back between calls almost and exhale and go, wow?
1: I do, yes, um, because in some respects, I get to speak with people who have been through far worse things than a pandemic. Um, Not long ago, I, I spoke to a veteran of the Korean War. Um I've I speak to it seems every single day I speak to either cancer survivors or people that are undergoing treatment for cancer right now. I have spoken to second world war vit- uh, veterans um two of them in fact and these are important people in our society because you know that generation is getting on and there aren't as many of them as they uh they used to be obviously. I spoke to a guy who escaped the United States in the late 60s, so he didn't have to go and serve in Vietnam. So the experiences that I get to um, listen in on, um, and and I mean, in one case in particular, I spoke to a woman in northern Saskatchewan who lived through the Depression. Um, I think to myself, goodness gracious, you know, mm-hmm. there are people that have been through far worse things, There are people right now waking up in every corner of this country and going off to work in seniors' residences, retirement facilities, hospitals, healthcare facilities, and putting on masks and gloves and gowns and are literally risking their lives, and I get to stay home with my children and phone people. You know, I'm not at risk here, so... I am speaking to people who are at risk, who have suffered. If they're not suffering now, they've suffered in the past. So, yeah, these are pretty profound conversations. It's it's it's, it's less about connecting on baseball and more about just trying to get through this bizarre and um, unprecedented stage we're going through.
0: And I know you are keeping tabs on all of the phone calls as well. You're keeping a running log of what all you've talked about through the course of these conversations.
1: I am, um, and that's important for a number of reasons. Uh, You know, I just can't blindly pick up the phone, make the call, and then forget about it. Like I said earlier, this one woman in particular in Simcoe, who I'm going to, uh, Simcoe, Ontario, who I'm going to continue to connect with, I needed to mark that down, keep the number, um, i think she'd appreciate a phone call every now and then mm-hmm. uh, i just like to document and log all the calls i've made i log all the calls buck martinez is making as well just so you know we don't repeat people we don't uh we don't bother people more than once if we don't have to and also it allows us to keep track or it allows me to keep track of of those who i've already spoken to knowing there are literally hundreds more that i still need to speak to
0: is there a book in mind here as well? I mean, there's got to be some some opportunities maybe down the road to be able to document it even further.
1: You're not the first to suggest <laughs> it, and um, you know, I uh, I'm I'm funny. I'm a bit of a creature of character. I work so uh, so uh, frequently during the summer when there is a baseball season. Mm-hmm. That I find when the World Series concludes, I'm I'm straight up exhausted, and I take all of November just to recuperate. Mm -hmm. And then spring training comes around quicker than you know, and I've thought for many years, there's got to be a book for me to write, and I just, (laughs) especially with two young children... I am remarkably busy in the off-season, I find, and I've, I've thought about sitting down in front of the keyboards, and every time I think about it, I think about something else that needs to get done that's much more of a priority. So maybe one day I'll uh, I'll keep all these notes, keep all these phone numbers, and, uh, and piece something together.
0: I wouldn't be shocked at all if you get to the computer and one of the kids is tugging on your shirt saying, can we go do this now, right? Happens every day. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm curious, through this whole process, have you learned anything about yourself?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I've learned, well, I've been reminded. I I can't say that I've learned. I've been reminded of this, Mm -hmm. and that is that I am privileged to do what I do. As I said to my brother, you know, I get to call people across this country and immediately, based on what I do for a living, they're receptive. And especially at a time like this, where people are a little leery of um, who's trying to reach out to them, uh, I know my own mother was scammed not long ago online by, you know, some telemarketer. Um, the phone isn't used quite as often. Mm-hmm as uh, it used to be. So a phone call for some is is, um, is not a common thing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the younger generation, the younger generation texts or uh, messages on Instagram, they hardly ever call each other. Uh, what I have learned is that I am privileged to do what I do because it instantly allows me into people's homes. So uh, I said to my brother, if I was a uh, a car salesman from Kenora, Ontario, I just couldn't randomly pick up a phone and call complete strangers because it probably wouldn't be that well received. There would have to be a reason for it. But because I introduced myself as Jamie Campbell, the host of the Blue Jays broadcast, and because most the peop- most of the people that I'm speaking to watch the games and are familiar with me, they automatically welcome me into the conversation. So to me, that's a massive privilege. And it's a privilege privilege that's provided to me based exclusively on what I do for a living. So I've learned that much.
0: It really is a wonderful endeavor. I want to switch gears a little bit here and and talk about something else that you've been doing quite frequently on social media, and that is cards of the day and autographs and that. Clearly, you've been collecting for a while, haven't you?
1: Yes, I've I've been. Well, I collected for many, many years in my youth, and then right around the time I took off for university, I stopped doing it, but I kept everything. Um, and I was, uh, I was an ardent and dedicated collector of autograph cards in particular, given my proximity to, uh, to downtown Toronto. I grew up in Oakville. It's about 40 kilometers outside of the city. I lived very close to the commuter train station in Oakville and I could be downtown, uh, in about 30 minutes on any given day. So, um, I had access to all the hotels, Where the visiting team stayed, Uh, I was a a frequent um, visitor to the lobbies of those hotels. And once the players had boarded the bus heading off to the stadium, I was normally first inside the gates at Exhibition Stadium um, for batting practice. So uh, that was a routine that I followed for many, many years through most of the 80s. And I just decided at the end of the season... Um, just to start um, sharing some of the signatures on cards that I collected over the years, and it's been uh, it's been a really nice positive feature on Twitter. It's been uh, it's been enjoyable to see some of the feedback.
0: Do you find yourself reminiscing quite a bit and saying, "Wow, I totally forgot about this story around this card and that kind of thing"?
1: I do, and the best part for me is that um, there are occasions where I'll find a card, remember getting it autographed and then reaching out to that player in particular, you know, if I find the appropriate channels of um, making contact, I'll do that. Uh, I have a list on my kitchen table of about three or four big league ball players who I actually need to call in the next few days just to check in on um, and, you know, and generate some kind of a story about their career that I, you know, can't find on the internet, mm. uh, and I love doing that. I've been in touch with alumni uh, alumni organizations to get phone numbers of players. I've had great conversations. Um, recently, I had a conversation with a, a pitcher named Jerry Garvin, who was on the original Blue Jay team of 1977. Mm. And that's the fun part for me is actually reaching out and reconnecting with some of these players. I I, I went from the you know the 14 year old boy in the lobby of the hotel, pestering them for a signature to the 52-year-old man and now broadcaster for the club, reaching out by phone and and actually having a good conversation with them.
0: Do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia or a collectible that you hold near and dear to your heart?
1: I don't. I have a bizarre, bizarre collection of things that, uh, that would take me an hour to explain. They go well beyond the baseball cards. I used to collect bats from players when I was a teenager, uh, and I have some bats from players that are just so important to me. I uh, I collected hockey sticks from NHL players during the winter time, and I have almost a hundred of them. All of them wood. I mm-hmm. mean, it was a different era back then. Um, I got into jersey collecting years later, and have a couple of gems that I absolutely adore. And I've just got some weird stuff that's really may not have any monetary value but it but they have you know real and true value to me.
0: I'm curious given this is an Alberta based podcast and I know you spent some time in Edmonton. Uh, did you end up following a lot of baseball while you were up in in the provincial capital?
1: You know, Joe, I I it's funny how we go through the different stages of our lives, but I went through this stage in the in the sort of the late 80s early 90s where I had spent so much time focused on baseball in my my high school years that I missed out on um, some of the more important aspects of high school life and and I started to regret it at a certain point in the in the late 80s. And because of that, I, I temporarily shunned baseball in a weird kind of way. It's hard to explain. But then Coming to Edmonton in 1993 and walking onto the field at John Ducey, the old ballpark, which was later renovated and is still there to this day, um, just was a, a, a very important moment in my life because from a grassroots level, I rediscovered my love of the game. You know, and I was there for professional purposes. I was covering the team as a broadcaster for the local CBC station and I vividly recall um, how the summer of 1993 covering the Edmonton Trappers, who were then affiliated with the Florida Marlins, um, sort of uh, reignited this passionate love for baseball that had escaped me for a few years.
0: Outside of reigniting that love of the game of baseball, any favorite memories you have from your time in Edmonton?
1: Well, just before I left and moved back east, they had a really good team in '96 that won the Pacific Coast League championship, and uh, I I fondly remember you know nights when I didn't actually have to work, just sitting up in right field watching the games, and they had a very young Jason Giambi playing first base on that team uh, at that time. But I think the greatest joy I took from my years there were the times where I would go for batting practice. And sit down and have conversations with guys that were coming through town, whether it was for the Trappers or whether it was for the other teams. I got to establish a really nice friendship with, in fact, the Trappers pitching coach, a guy by the name of Pete Rickard. And this is when they became affiliated in 1995 with the Oakland A's. And Rickard was an all-star reliever in the big leagues back in the 60s and early 70s. In fact, he was on those Baltimore Oriole teams that went to the World Series three straight years in 69, 70, and 71. A guy from upstate New York, just an absolute joy to talk to. So anytime I'd go to the ballpark, Pete and I would collect and just uh, just talk normally baseball. I met so many really interesting players that would come through town, guys like Steve Wojcikowski and Kirk Dressendorfer, Uh, And Matt Stairs was briefly with the Trappers. Uh, And then visiting players would come to town. And I'll never forget the Tucson Toros came in, and I did this lengthy sit-down interview with Daryl Kyle, Mm -hmm. who um, had tasted the big leagues at that point, but was sort of struggling to get back and finally did get back. And I think ended up pitching in the All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken, but then later died uh, while... He and the Houston Astros were on a road trip in Chicago, and I just think back to this you know, wonderful opportunity I had to sit down in right field at uh, Tellus Field and, and talk to him about where he'd been and where he wanted to go and just some great memories. I just loved being around that old park.
0: Now, I know you've been able to travel the country over and over and over again through the winter camps and such through the Blue Jays. Give us a bit of a sense as to what you see when you do happen to come through this province from a, from a baseball perspective.
1: Well, I see a deeply ingrained passion for the game, but that's a passion I knew existed long ago. Um, I've had a great opportunity beyond the winter tour itself Uh, to take some Blue Jay players to different places. Several years ago, Chris Colabello and Kevin Pilar and I went up to Fort McMurray, uh, and we did a banquet with the Fort McMurray Giants of the Western Baseball League, and it was just so well-received, a huge crowd, raised some funds uh, for that organization. Uh, I get to Edmonton as often as I can. We were in Calgary this past winter uh, Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen. And, uh, I'm trying to think of who else was, was on that trip. Trent Thornton was with Mm us. Um, and we just got treated to some marvelous sights in Calgary. We ended up going to, uh, an Oilers and Flames game. And, and, you know, I I don't think any of the guys had ever been to an NHL game before. I'm not even sure. And Mm they, you know, they scrapped it out. There was sort of the famous, uh, Zach Cassian and and Kachuk mm-hmm. scrapped that night, and and that sort of caught the boys' attention. But uh, you know, I just uh, I just I just am am so enthralled by by the history of baseball, and not only in the country, but in Alberta specifically. I'll never forget. Actually, this must be six or seven years ago. Um, we went on the winter tour that stopped in Calgary, and I think the players involved were Aaron Sebia and Laurie. Uh, and Ricky Romero and we went to a shopping mall and did an autograph session the lineup was was over a thousand easily it had to be cut at about 600 if I'm not mistaken so I was wandering down to the back of the line uh just to greet some of the fans and off to the side standing up against a wall I caught got the attention of a gentleman and his son and it turned out to be Mike Soroka and his father. No way. And um, Mike's dad had decided that uh, that they would probably come down to the mall just to see what the situation was like. And Mike himself, I'll never forget this. And I, Mike was probably, I don't know, sixteen or seventeen years old at the time. Mike had expressed an interest to his father to come down and see how it all worked and see what the autograph session was like. They weren't interested in lining up to meet the players. Mike was more interested in the process, if I recall correctly. And I was fascinated by this. And I thought, and I remember saying to him, I said, well, you know what, kid? And I pointed up to the uh, the podium to where the players were up there signing autographs. And I said, that could be you one day. And... Um, You know, I think that's honestly why he came down to see it. He wanted to see if he was planning on being a major league player. I think he honestly wanted to get an idea of what went into um, all the different aspects of being a major leaguer. And, And he's living that life right now. It's kind of fascinating.
0: Unreal. Final question for you. And I've really enjoyed asking this question because it means so much to so many different people. But what does the game of baseball mean to Jamie Campbell?
1: Oh boy, I think we'd need an hour long program. <laughs> but but ultimately what it means to me is is a lifelong passion. And I try to tell my kids, find that one thing that moves you, that one thing that gets you excited when you wake up in the morning. That one thing in life. And there can be more than one, obviously. But find that one thing that is your passion and follow it pay attention to it recognize it embrace it um it'll never let you down and baseball since the day i knew the blue jays were coming to town in 1977 since the day my dad brought a program back from the opening game and showed me the outlay of the stadium and uh explained to me that we'd be going in two weeks to our first game um you know, to the day that I started collecting baseball cards so I'd know exactly who the players were when we got there. That has been with me now 43 years. That passion has been burning inside me for 43 years. So it's almost like a gift, right? It's, um, it's, uh, it's something I try to encourage in every young person is whatever you do in this lifetime, do it with zest, um, and, and find a passion that, that, you know, that makes you want to get up and and uh, live a real uh, vibrant life. And baseball's done that for me.
0: We've covered a whole lot of ground here, Jamie. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for taking some of your own uh, to join us here on the podcast.
1: Okay, Joe, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks again to Sportsnet's Jamie Campbell for joining us on the podcast, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We're so appreciative of your attention in this unprecedented time and are glad you're turning to us for a bit of a reprieve from the day-to-day updates on COVID-19. We'll get through all of this together, and hopefully we'll be talking about some on-field action sooner rather than later. Until next time, thanks again for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.